0: And now the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbrough. What's up everybody?
1: Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is Sleep Dog with the Big Hawk. What's up everybody? Uh, exciting weekend, a lot going on, a lot happening. Uh, glad to be in the studio Sleep Dog virtually. Uh, got a great pod for you guys. I'm, I'm pretty pumped.
0: Damn, great day to be a Tar Heel, I'm telling you. Um, We're coming off, I don't know, Big Hawk might be the biggest win in the history of Carolina football. Um, I'm sure there were some big ones uh, in the past, but UNC Miami, we're going to recap that. Heels, number 10 in the AP now. We're going to talk about that, where they stand, and and we're still disrespected a little bit, I feel like. Um, Tez's game, got Drake's game, we'll cover that. Travis Scott. Oh my God. Was on campus. Uh <laughs> oh God, that was the most boomer. Travis Scott of all time. Probably most of people listening to this podcast don't know who the hell Travis Scott is, but all these kids do. And they he was here and then he canceled his concert, which I thought was funny. we we'll get into that. Uh NFL recap. Old Sam um got another win, man. Looked pretty good. Jets beat the Eagles, first time in history. Uh Browns beat the beat the 49ers. Live action, Tracy. That shit happened on Friday night. I didn't go, but we'll talk a little bit about uh, what's ahead for the basketball team. And uh, Jonathan Kaminga plays tonight. Probably going to start because Steph and um, Clay not playing tonight. So, uh, for all you uh, one people out there that give a shit about NBA preseason, I got you covered. But we got to start, obviously, Big Halt. Um, UNC Miami, dude, that place might not had any empty seats when the game started. And it was... Uh, it was most fun I think I've ever had at a Carolina football – at least the most fun I've ever had that I remember at a Carolina football game. Big win for the Heels. What was your takeaway? Uh,
1: one, um, I was just – I wanted to see how the game uh, went. I was a little nervous. I was talking to my uh, little brother uh, before the game. He hit me up. He's like, hey, what do you think UNC is going to pull it off? And I said, uh, man, Miami is a really good team. They just They're coming off a loss. Usually teams try to refocus, and uh, you know I, I thought they would come in really hungry, which they did, uh, but my takeaway from the game was Tez Walker had a hell of a game, three touchdowns, and, and Sleep, this is what I'm going to talk about. I said this last week is I felt like Tez was going to come out with a lot of pressure, put a lot of pressure on himself. After everything he's been through, uh, that first game back, uh, getting eligible, all the emotions that come with it. Uh, you know, we're on here talking about we want to throw a Hail Mary the first play. First snap, Hail Mary to Tez. Let him get a touchdown. All right, now that's kind of settled, and he doesn't have, he's not coming off those all those emotions. He got some game reps, uh, so he's going to be a little more comfortable, and he looked unbelievable. He reminded me of uh. A guy named Isaac Bruce, who was a hell of a Mm. player for the Rams back in the day, Uh, fastest fastest show on turf. Uh, Had Kurt Warner throwing it to him. Uh, Drake's going to be better than Kurt Warner. Drake's more of a Tom Brady-esque type (laughs) player. He had a big-time game. Uh, four touchdowns. I love some Drake May. Listen, there's not mm-hmm. a better player in college football. Uh, we saw the kid from Caleb Will, uh, Caleb Williams fall apart for USC mm-hmm. over the weekend. A uh, guy was throwing wounded ducks all over the field. Uh, Drake is in the first uh, – he's in, he's in leaderboard for the Heisman. Don't get me wrong. He should be there. Uh, I got him sitting in the first spot. Uh, but ultimately, Sleep Dog, we're still going to get disrespected, and I like it. Because we play yeah. best when we're disrespected.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: we don't need the notoriety. We don't need anybody else believing in us. Uh, no one else, you know, to be, to be honest with you, going off history, no one's ever believed in, uh, UNC yeah. football. This is a time. And Mac Brown's done an unbelievable job, uh, selling the program, getting big time recruits, doing a 180. Uh, the team is undefeated. It's never been in a better position. And, uh, we just got to take care of business, sleep, just keep keep our heads heads down, keep grinding, and uh, get the dubs. I'm telling you, man, like it's one of the
0: more like nobody's talking about it. Anybody. I mean, Oregon lost to Washington. They don't, you know, I look, I get it. Texas and Oregon have losses to highly ranked teams. Fine, right? You can say that all you want. But we've beaten everybody that has been put in front of us convincingly. Right. And that game last night or uh, game Saturday night <clears throat> was not a 10 point game. Didn't feel like that. Mm-hmm. They, got, they got a, they got a touchdown late. You know, yep. true story. Uh, I kind of felt, felt, uh, I was a little happy about it, but I did a pregame prediction 41 17 heels. Everybody in this section was like, bro, <laughs> what are you talking about? And it was a second before they, before they got that late touchdown. It was gonna be forty one seventeen. It was looking like forty one seventeen might happen. And but uh internet in there would let it post. And then of course they court scored that touchdown. I was like, all right, well, I'm kinda of glad. And then they scored again, right? So uh, you know, they had a couple of late touchdowns, and I honestly think that um I thought we would get more credit in 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 the in the AP poll because of Tez. Right, I mean, you could see it right there on the field. This team is totally different with him. I mean, we yeah. we had Pesor went down. I think he's done for the year. We had our punter go down. Um, this is prior to the game. This comes out. is I don't know where he ranks in, in terms of our receivers, but he's a good one. And, um, you know, we didn't miss a beat, man. And, and, and Tez was, was active on, <laughs> like, I mean, dude, guy was dynamic. And, and I guess now everybody can see. Why we were so pissed that they wouldn't let the kid play. I mean, and it became, it became last night. It became very evident just what was taken from him. You know, everything's theoretical until you see him on the field. <laughs> I mean, he was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, he was all over the place. He's fast as shit. Um, clearly has a rapport with Drake. Um, you know, Caroline is the only undefeated team in the top 10 with, with teams with a loss ahead of it. Right. So there's eight undefeated teams in the top 10 and we're number eight. Right and, and look, man, there's some really good teams out there. Um, that are, but you know, just because we've only beaten one ranked opponent in Miami, you know, Miami is a stupid play away from being a top 15 team when that game pl- took place. Um, you know, South Carolina played Georgia close. Um, you know, so there's a lot of teams that are that are now Miami. I mean, Syracuse just got doors blown off by Florida State, right? But Pitt won. Uh, Pitt, Pitt beat Louisville last night, right? Or uh, again on Saturday night. So you know. There's a lot of like, if, if all you want to do is is look at the top 25 and say, oh, well, they've only beaten one ranked, but fine, right? Um, but if you want to look deeper than that, which I think is the job of the voter and and understanding what's going on, right? Like you have to look at our team and and and, and see what we've done is the people that have been put in front of us and we've, we've handled business and done it in a fashion that is very sort of traditionally un-UNC-like. You know, like, you know, we're just winning games kind of convincingly. Now, it got a little dicey toward the end of that one. And guy in the row behind me, I mean, this guy was calling a game over at, like, third quarter. And I'm like, bro, I'm going to lose my mind. Like, have you ever been to – have you ever watched Tar Heels play football? Like, this shit ain't over until 10 minutes after the game's over. That's when I'll t- believe it it's over. But anyway, I mean, do what we're supposed to do. And who, like you said, who who really cares? Like, we've got to beat Virginia this week. Then we – um what do we go on the road to Georgia Tech? Then we have Campbell, a little bit of a breather. God hope, God bless us all. Then, um, then you've <laughs> got. <dark>. Uh,
1: they <laughs> hit us with the ultimate jinx right there.
0: Oh, come on, Campbell, dude! It's, hey, look, dude, dude listen, man.
1: Anything is that's why they play him. Listen, that, yeah, they, buddy, it's a trap game. Listen, game and lizard. also. Trap we lost to Georgia Tech. We, hey, are we at home against Georgia Tech? Or are no, we on we're the on the road? road against Tech. We're on the road against man, Tech. I thought we took an L there last year at the end of the season. Dude, yeah,
0: Tech is, Tech is the trap game. Virginia and Georgia oh. Tech, those are the trap games. Yeah. Then man. we wind up with um, – then we wind up back. So, so here's how it goes. We got Virginia at home this coming weekend. Then we got Georgia Tech on the road. Then we got Campbell at home. Then we're Duke at home. Then we're Clemson, North Carolina State on the road. That's how we end the season up. Uh, Got to be the favorite in, in all those games now. I mean, even uh, even in, even at Clemson, it's going to be a tight tight spread. But right now, hell yeah, I'm saying we're the favorite in all those games, and that's what's going to get different about this, right? Like disrespected, under the radar. You know, oh, we've been playing without our best, and that's the other thing. We've been playing without our best player, uh, besides Drake May on offense, obviously, all all this, all season. So, um, you know. We got to see, you know, it's quintessential UNC. Like, I ain't comfortable, but how could you not be happy with, with where things are right now?
1: No, if you told us, hey, we'd be undefeated at this point of the year, I would take it, obviously. Um,
0: For the but, record, that's what I told everybody.
1: <laughs> um, listen, sleep dog, I, what, what game worries you the most in the upcoming? Ooh, to me, that's a, I would that's say Duke. Duke is a concern and the reason Duke is that's a rivalry game and oh, yeah. uh, emotions are going to be hard or, or there's going to be high emotionals. Uh, it's going to be a high emotional game. Uh, you always play well against your rival. Um, I don't care what the ranking says. Duke's not that bad either. Uh, mm-hmm. And then at Clemson, I think it's going to be the toughest environment we've played at all year. No question. Death Valley. Um And uh, they have a winning program, so they know how to win. Uh, But uh, I know they're definitely not what they, uh, you know, going off of what they've been in the years prior. I don't, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say they're, you know, a powerhouse like that, but they are Clemson at Clemson. It's not going to be a cakewalk. Uh, But, you know, historically we got to take care of Virginia. And then we got to go and bust Georgia Mm -hmm. Texas because they beat us last year. And that was a devastating loss. And, uh, Uh, We need to go ahead and get revenge off that one. But, uh, no, I'm extremely happy with this team, especially with Drake. I think Drake's done an unbelievable job. Even though he's taken a little bit of criticism early on for not putting up high numbers or enormous stats, uh, he's just kept on winning, and uh, his stats keep getting better and better. And I, I really do. I like his composure. I just I feel like we're watching him grow and getting smarter. We know he's athletic. We know he has a size. He has the arm strength, and we're starting to see him become a high IQ guy. Uh, so it's it's really fun to watch, and especially uh, for such a good person. I feel like Drake Meza You know, I know the whole May family, and the kid works hard. He's a really good kid too. So I uh, I really like that aspect as well. God, just
0: like awesome like representation of UNC. In general, um, you ask me who's the who's who, which game I'm most afraid of. That's an easy question. The next one, and it's going to be the next one, and the next one, and the ne- other than Campbell. Look, dude, I'm not jinxing anything, and I'm 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 well aware of I'm I'm about as superstitious as they come, right? But like Campbell, Cam, the only thing I'm worried about Campbell is that that's one of those games. You can't even let it get close, okay? Why why are we even talking about Campbell? Here's the thing. Virginia has sort of always been a bugaboo for us. Like, we've lost to a lot of – we've lost Virginia a lot of times. When we should have been favored or we were favored or should have just beat the doors off of them. For whatever reason, Virginia has always given us a lot of problems. Kind of the same thing with Georgia Tech. So this is the period right now that's probably, like, if you ask me to back out, like, th- those kind of – freak me out the most because those should be sort of lopsided games. You talk about when we get the Duke rivalry game, that's going to be close. Their quarterback's good. Their defense is good. But at the end of the day, like you said, I think we have the best quarterback in college football. Caleb Williams, if you want to pick him over Drake May, okay, fine. I had not watched enough of him. Whatever, right? But it, it, it's it's 1-1A. One to me, Right. And so in college football, quarterback matters more than anything. We got a guy. Right. So you're going to play a good defense. Fine. We got a, we got the best player uh, on the field. Right. Um, when you go to Clemson. That game just sort of th- th- those games, Duke, Clemson, NC State, you got the two rivalry games. You got Clemson at Clemson. Like you sort of just manifest itself because those are games that are easy to get up for. Like you're not going to look past those. You're not gonna fall asleep at the wheel there. That I tell you what, if we if we go all the way to NC State on the road, last game of the season, after Thanksgiving, remember, or or like, is it isn't that game always on like the Friday after Thanksgiving? Right. So if we go there and we're undefeated, I mean, I'm gonna need some people checking in on me all the way on the lead up to that one because that one's gonna stress me out. Right. But for now, it's like just win the one in front of you. Virginia is uh for whatever reason is there's always giving us problems. So like guys, any of you guys happen to listen to this podcast dude, just stay focused for, for the love of all things. Holy, please just, please just pay attention to coaches. Don't be out at La Res There's a slugging, slugging back, you know, kamikaze shots and shit, you know, go to sleep, get you a good night's sleep, get you a little something to eat in the morning, you know, and study the film. Cause uh you know you can't fall asleep now and and this is a six and zero start I mean I think I read where five and zero was the first time in like twenty five years we have gone five and zero now we're six and zero we're top ten you know I think we had cracked the the top ten during during the bubble or whatever COVID when it was like forty teams playing <laughs> and we were sort of like we got up to like number five I think Lauren my buddy with Lauren was telling me that we got up to um he's like this guy's like a like a like Doogie Howser of Carolina football and I was like we were number five and he was like yeah but like 40 teams were playing I forgot all about it but uh you know it's just a fun time for the program I mean dude it was electric the atmosphere at that game man it every, the, the seats were full in the beginning I did see some people catching throwing shade at the, the the blue zone I mean guys you guys over in the blue zone go inside get your dry ass cookies and get back out there and sit in your damn seat it's the nicest night in the history like all year And the biggest game in history, y'all are in there boozing in the AC. Like, come on, guys. You look down there and all you see are empty seats. Get out of there. I mean, I want to go sit there too, but I'd at least sit in the seats. Um, But the atmosphere was incredible uh, right from the jump. It was close in the first half, right? This is the thing. I almost, I can't, I I even forgot to write this in my notes. Carolina had more penalty yards in the first half. Than they had in any game prior all season by far. And I mean, I'm at the game, right? So it's kind of hard to judge when when these calls are warranted or not. Usually you gotta go by if the home team shows it on the on the jumbotron, it's questionable. Not always that it's the wrong call, but if they start showing it on the jumbotron, you gotta gripe. And if there, they there's don't, a few angles
1: that they can make it look like, all right, hey, let's not play this angle, but let's play that angle. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, for sure. It's I but I saw I, one I, I in the second thing. half.
0: Yeah, I can't remember who the receiver won whether whether it was whether it was McCollum or maybe maybe Jones, but he broke free and they grabbed him by the horse collar. And I mean, dude, it was right. My seats are right about the twenty-five yard line, about I don't know twenty rows up, and the play happened right in front of me and right in front of the the referee. And I mean, we must have got called. I think it. Was, I can't remember what the number of penalties. Was but it was like sixteen or something. Mm -hmm. I have to look it up while 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 you get uh, going on when I shut up. But um, (laughs) dude, I mean they were throwing the these like they threw a rough in the passer, Uh, and it was just like, bro, this is not you know that game. Okay, we let one guy get over the top at the end of the game for a touchdown. You shore that up, and 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 probably some bad discipline on our side in this otherwise flat out bad calls.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, dude, we might win that game 50 to 13. I mean that game was not even as close. Well, you know, first half notwithstanding, we came out in the second half, credit to the coaching staff, made adjustments and just blew the doors off those guys. I'm gonna see you, how many penalties we had.
1: Well I I'll say this sleep, and I know this for I know this is true in basketball. To start a game, refs are going to call the, the game pretty closely. Just kind of set the tone. Because if they let players get away with some holding or if they don't call it tight, uh, the last thing you want to have to do is clean up the game at the end of the game. Uh, you want the players to be a little more physical and let them decide the game. You don't want to throw a bunch of penalties uh, at the end of the game. But also in these high emotional games as a player, I can tell you come out there, you're a little amped up and you get a little anxious. And uh, you know it can lead to some penalties. Uh, but so when I was watching the game, there were a lot of penalties. I remember that, and also I remember one play uh it looked like the miami wide receiver made a heck of a catch. I think we actually got the got to the quarterback. he kind of threw it up uh, the wide receiver made a hell of a catch they took it into the end zone but that was the only really spectacular play I remember from Miami really making on us, and uh, I actually thought miami played pretty well. Uh I just felt like we dominated all aspects of the football game, uh, from what lack of knowledge I know about football. And uh I I thought we played well and also we have a defense this year. Our defense, uh for all the you know, the heat it took last year, they've done a really good job of turning that around. Uh so you gotta give credit to the the defensive coordinator, whoever the hell he is, uh has (laughs) done a pretty good job this year. And Mac Mac's done a hell of a job too. He's got to be coach of the year, if not, you know, in, in the in the oh, there's is,
0: is absolutely no question. If Mac yeah. Jones isn't a coach of the year, I mean, unless we go six and six, uh, you know, I don't I don't understand how else you could give it to anybody else right now. Um, Gene Chiswick is our D coordinator. We we forced some turnovers, but we had 14 penalties for 147 yards. To put that in perspective, Miami did have a have a good game. Pretty good game offensively. Quarterback sort of ran up some numbers late in the game. Um a couple of bad picks. I think they, I can't remember if he had a fumble. I know they, uh, running back had a fumble kind of at the goal line in the first half. That was a key play, but to put that in perspective, 147 yards, their leading rusher had 73 yards. Their leading receiver had 125. So like our either lack of discipline or, and, or bullshit from the, from the officials, um, gave them more yards than their best offensive players did in the game. Uh our guys were just unreal. I mean, Drake May didn't have a high completion percentage. He, he uh he, I mean they made him earn it, man. They were, they were, they had a strong D-line and were really, really putting him under a lot of pressure. He seemed to settle down in that third quarter, especially. And really started, you know, kind of picking them apart. He was uh, thirteen of seventeen of thirty three. He had four touchdowns. Hampton was sick again. Twenty four carries, almost two hundred yards in a touchdown. He had a, um, I think he had a, a, a catch two for a touchdown, and you know, so he was over two hundred yards from line of scrimmage. And, and then Tez was six catches, one thirty two, three touchdowns, and and somehow was even even better than that. Uh, we had 235 yards on the ground um 508 total offensive yards they had all, they had four, we gave up 482 yards um but again i i I want to say a good portion of that um was relatively late in the game kind of cleanup time where uh you know you're playing soft coverage just trying to make sure these guys don't get over the top which somehow on one of those plays they did but All things considered, I think, you know, kind of bend on break, dude. It's, 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 you know, about as good as you can hope to be for, for Carolina football at this stage of the game. I mean, you're, you're six and oh, dude. I mean, this is, we talked about it from day one. It's like, there is a path here. And if you go in the games that you're supposed to win and then play up for the games that, you know, are going to be tight, like this one was everybody knew we were a three point favorite. And what was really getting dicey was if they had gone down and, uh, I think the line was wobbling over like three and three and a half. So it was really getting dicey. I was like, imagine if Miami goes down here and scores a touchdown and all those people had it three and a half and, we, and they went by three. I mean, that'd be, that'd be some shit that would only happen to me, but that's why I don't <laughs> bet very much. Anyway, great game, great night. On the heels of uh, uh, live action, I, lo- I kind of love the, uh, that reference because that was just such a, a great uh, – halftime interviews usually suck. But mm-hmm. Hubert gave us a gift with that that halftime interview during that damn Final Four game. So live-action, Tracy, and they just ran with it. And uh, so now that's what they're calling late night. And I think that's great. Um, that was uh, Saturday night. I mean, I'm sorry, Friday night, mm-hmm. just before the game. And uh, I guess Travis Scott was in town Friday night.
1: Uh, I'm not I can't really remember. sure when Travis Scott showed up, but he either showed up Friday night or Saturday night. And... Um, it the was buzz it- is he
0: canceled his concert on Saturday night. So so why did he
1: cancel his concert? So
0: here's I don't know and I don't know if he actually canceled it or it was just postponed mm-hmm. but they had the state fair open at PNC, so he's playing at PNC which is Raleigh Arena. Um they had the state fair open and state played at home against Duke on Saturday night. So at a Travis Scott concert <laughs> dude come on man
1: yeah it you probably know, didn't it, have the
0: security or yeah i mean like did. and you'd be, great, be still be sitting in traffic yeah. so um you know he probably was just like damn it looks lame as hell i'm gonna stay here in chapel hill where it's about to get live and uh i you know i know he was. he there didn't know way he was at that miami game otherwise somebody would have found him with a camera and put him on the screen uh so he wasn't there um but kind of cool and and The the picture on social media looked like he has some pretty fresh Cactus Jack, you know Carolina colorways. So I'm sure that the sneakers app will drop those very soon for nobody to get. Um, (laughs) But live action, man, I didn't see it. I didn't I didn't get a chance to go. Um, But I know you've had a chance to 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 see the team a little bit. So what are your thoughts? Um, You know, this stage of the game, obviously, a lot of questions. After last year's season yeah. and, and heading into this one, I think there's uh you know,
1: well, Carolina basketball fans are always going to be optimistic. Oh, <laughs> um, let me start with the Travis Scott. So Travis Scott, I have sources, guys, there's nobody that's been in the Dean Dome um, other than the coaching staff than me. And, uh, I know that thing and I'm, I'm there quite often. He stayed in the Dean dome for about an hour and just kind of shot, shot hoops, worked on his J, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. Uh, talk to the kids, which is a really good experience. And, you know, the kids, um, uh, sleep, I'm not sure how much Travis Scott, me and you are listening to nowadays. Uh, not a lot. And, um, I listen, I don't really know the words. <laughs> uh he does have some good beats uh but uh I will say this uh that was really cool for him to come through and and I know the kids the team's the team really enjoyed it. also it, it looks pretty cool for recruiting those jays did look sick carolina blue there's mm-hmm. no better color uh but uh I'll just go ahead and start with uh the team this year and what I think so far um I know we had live action, everybody got a little sneak peek. Uh, you know, previewed uh, before the season. First game, November 6th against Radford, uh, right around the corner, kind of sneaking up on us. Uh, I'll have a more in-depth player breakdown, like I usually do, the preseason player breakdowns and what I expect uh, from the team this year. Uh, but I, I really like the energy that the team has right now. And uh, the reason I'm saying that is because last year, middle of the year, we could all kind of feel it. There was tension. It was heavy. Uh, the guys... Didn't look like they enjoyed uh, playing basketball much. It's totally flipped. And uh, I could tell the team, the, the chemistry is much better. Uh, I really, really like um, Cormac Ryan, and I've been down to Smith Center a lot. The kid is always in there when I'm there. He's a gym rat, and we need players like that, players that want to be in the gym, come into practice early, go into the weight room, put the work in. Uh, He's a veteran player, came from Notre Dame, and he is an outside shooter, which is desperately what we need. Uh, And uh, I think he's going to be big time for us. Also, we have Harrison Ingram from Stanford, big time player. Very good shooter, skilled, uh, s- smooth player. Uh, also strong defensively, uh, has a very strong body. Uh, so he's going to be able to guard multiple people. And also, he's one of those players that, you know, in today's game, if we need to go super small, we could side him over to the four, which sounds absurd because when I played, there's no, I, there's no way he's going to play the power forward and spread the floor. It's just the game has changed. And that's what it is. That's the way teams want to play now. But the reason why I like these two guys is because last year our shooting was so bad and our shot selection was just horrendous that everyone had the chance to collapse inside on Armando. Now, Armando had a good year, but I really think he had to really work for everything he got down low. And I think when you add shooters around him, what you're going to do is you're going to draw the defense out and you're going to make things easier for Armando. He's going to be able to get the ball inside much easier. He's going to be able to seal, and uh, he'll be able to go right away uh, a lot of times against a single Uh, coverage. I feel like I'm breaking down football when I said that. But man-on-man in the post, doing work, get the ball, deep seal, right-hand hook, just like a traditional UNC big you guys are used to seeing. It'll be beautiful. And also uh, the pace of play this year. I've heard Coach Davis talk about he wants to run again. Thank God we couldn't play slower last year. Uh, So we're going to up the pace, which I absolutely sleek, dog. I love Mm it. I love layups and dunks better than anybody else. Uh, I hate contested three-point jump shots more than anybody else. And I think if we get back to running and with this new addition of Elliot Cadeau, who is just an Mm -hmm. amazing talent, possibly – the uh, freshman of the year, he has that type of talent. He has the talent to be one and done. I'm extremely impressed from watching Ellie Kondo and what he can provide this team. First of all, he's a very good outside shooter, very confident player, and he has the ability to, to pass and make plays and get players open. And uh, I like his confidence, has a little swagger too. Uh, super young, uh, so he's going to have – He will go through some up and downs just like every other young kid, Uh, but uh, I'm super excited about him, and uh, the energy for this year is different than last year because last year, going into the season, we were the top dog, and we didn't handle that well. Well, this is now we're hungry, and I think we're changing some things up. We got some new players, uh, and uh, I like where the team is at right now. Uh, I want them to keep working, and uh, see how it comes together. You never really know, but I will say the energy is really good and the kids are working hard and uh, I'm excited for the season sleep. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, a much better year for UNC basketball.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think what you said, you know, um, what you said to kind of open that little segment there is 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 true, if not unpopular, which is that, you know, there's something off last year when you're looking at the team. You know, and, and, and I think, you know, probably some people thought that, You know, coming from us, probably mainly coming from you. That's, that's like kind of a slight. And that's not what it is. I mean, it's just like, look, man, sometimes things just don't gel. They just don't mesh, right? And it was clear to anybody that was watching last year that the team was, it was something that they had prior that they didn't have last year. And it's not a crime. It's not, you know, it's a bummer, right? As a fan but you know it just happens that way sometimes and and for whatever reasons things things change and so uh you know it's nice to get to be able to refresh you know obviously i think Carolina is probably going to come out somewhere in the top 25 probably toward the upper half of it right we're not going to be a, considered a favorite coming out of the gate um so they are going to be some blend of of you know react probably closer to reality than what we had last year although how could you not have us Last year, uh being a top team coming into the season, I mean, with what we did the year prior, and bringing everybody back except Brady Manic, I think Brady Manic had a. <laughs> I think everybody learned last year just how important he was. Absolutely. On that team, you said it a bunch, right? But, but all in all, it's like, hey, man, it's great time to get these guys refreshed and reset. I mean, Amando's coming back. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. a look, dude. That guy's a monster, and at this point, he's he's. Uh, 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 I'm trying to throw some word that's more veteran than veteran and you can't because I mean he's been around the block at this point. So fifth
1: year. So Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? So can't
1: get more experience than that in college. Um, and
0: very rarely do you get a fifth-year guy yeah. that's your best player, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think with uh, him and, you know, you mentioned Cadeau. I think everybody knows he's – a, or everybody that follows closely knows he's a top recruit. But it's it's great to hear, uh, you know, there's, there's some, some affirmation of all that excitement. So, I can't wait to watch the team. Ha- you talk about trap games, though. Here's – I'll give you a little tidbit. Um, Radford. Got to watch old Radford, man. That's where my grandma went to school back in the day. And before that, my grandma went to Oak Hill. So I'm just saying, man, Radford, you
1: know. We're not (laughs) going
0: to lose by 12,000. They're going to score 12 is what I meant to say. Sleep,
1: I will tell you this. We're going to be good. Uh, Most -hmm. most people have us uh, projected in the top. Anywhere from I would say uh, early twenties to mm-hmm. uh, probably like fifteen or so. I was going to uh, say
0: right around the fifteen place. Yeah.
1: yeah, and I tell you this team's not good enough to overlook anybody. And, sure, uh, Radford yeah. could. It's quite possible they could hand us an L. Uh, and um, I've been on. Uh, I've been in situations where, not many, to be honest with you, where you know teams like Radford, Radford almost handed us an L. I mean, lost George mm-hmm. Mason in the tournament. That's a different situation though, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – they can't overlook anybody. But the one thing I will say, uh, which I really like, and um, it's Cormac Ryan kid. Every time mm-hmm. I'm in the gym, he's in the gym. And you want guys on your team like that that's always looking to get better. And he's not just in the gym. You know, sometimes you'll, you'll misinterpret that. Nowadays, especially, some people just have a tendency to kind of wander and do different things, you know, go to the gym, get on their phone. Now he's putting mm-hmm. in work. He's getting better, and I respect that. And Brady Manick was like that. You just talked about being a leader. Mm-hmm. Cormac Ryan's a veteran player too, and uh, he's going to come in and help this team, and whether it's going to be instant or it's going to pay off, that work will pay off, and his mm-hmm. attitude, what he's doing for the team, and I respect it, and I like it. So I'm looking forward yeah. to that uh, especially. Uh, the other thing is, since we are talking a little bit about basketball, Armando will probably be pre, uh, projected as a like a first team second team preseason all american. Now Kyle Filipowski is back at Duke. Probably going to be projected first team second team. He's going to be I'm really looking forward to that matchup. Mm-hmm. And I watched Filipowski in the Dean Dome last year. He had an unbelievable game. And the yeah, numbers did. didn't even reflect. He had a heck of a game. The numbers uh-huh. didn't reflect his impact. And he's a veteran player. To me, Filipowski might be the most well-rounded like, as far as somebody could spread the floor, uh, has a bunch of different skills. But Armando, particularly more inside banger, good rebounder. Mm-hmm. I want to see that matchup again. And uh, that's one thing that I have on my radar for this season. Uh, that matchup, and I'm really looking forward to that. Everyone always looks forward to the Duke-North Carolina rivalry. I get that. But in particular, the battle within the battle, the battle of the bigs, that game. And Filipowski, uh, uh, he's going to be a big-time player as well. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I know we got a, a lot of Carolina listeners out there that are just chomping at the bit. Come on, don't say that. But it, yeah, it is going to be interesting to watch that and how that battle kind of plays out throughout the whole year.
0: Yeah, the battle played out shitty for us last year. I mean, he he just had a great game. You're right. I mean, that was the second Duke. Believe it or not, I've been to two Duke Carolina games. The first one was you getting punched in the nose, and the second one was basically Filipowski punching us in the nose. But, uh, yeah, fuck him regardless, but he is a good player. Um, I think – do you think he'll be – he's probably got to be in the running for preseason player of the year, right? Filipowski? I would say I mean I don't know. I haven't I haven't done enough. Of, like, I do think he will there, be in but...
1: consideration. Absolutely. Uh you know, there's gonna be a lot of good bigs again in college. I mean, he'll he'll be in the running, uh, but to me, Zach Eady from Purdue, oh, right. uh, the big uh, yeah. if this if Zach Eady was around ten years ago, he mm-hmm. would already been gone. He would have been like a mm-hmm. top three pick. To me, he's a better than Hashim Tabit, who went uh, number two in 2009, uh, nine, uh, which, Mm -hmm. um, Zach Eady, he developed more as a player in one year than almost anybody I've ever seen in college. That kid developed. I mean, he, he was as stiff as they they came. I mean, he was, he looked like 10 man, uh, two years ago. And then last year, I mean, he was dominant. He was the most dominant player in college. And, uh, you know the game looks easy because of his size, uh and he really improved. I want to see the improvements that he makes this year, and uh he's gonna to be to me the leader for player of the year uh just to be honest with you. the, the, the numbers he put up last year were just ridiculous, yeah, we're gonna start digging in,
0: seeing what's going on with some of these these guys as we get a little closer to the season, which like you said, what is this yeah I mean it' was like we're inside a month away, so yeah. uh I was kind of kidding about the Radford thing, but you're exactly right. It's uh, you know, oh, I know. When, when early in the season, you know, you got to get, you got to get serious, and you got to get serious. I, it, it, look, it's not lost on me that our second game is against Lehigh, and any real Carolina fan uh, is 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 somewhat of a Lehigh fan, given what they did to to Duke in the in the tournament. You know, I don't know how long, like ten years ago now. Um, you know, who played on great, that team? Great memes in the early stage. Who did I forget? CJ McCollum, right? I was going to say, like, let me guess, but I know it would take me two hours to figure out. I knew it was somebody big, and that's Mm -hmm. it's amazing, right? (laughs) It's amazing to me how some of those teams have a guy. I mean, dude, look, CJ McCollum is an above average NBA player. I don't know if he's ever been an all star, but he probably would if he weren't a, a shooting guard. And, and just the fact that he's in a, a position where there's a lot of glamour and a lot of just great players. But C.J. McCollum is fucking good, yeah. right? And, mm-hmm. like, a guy like that going to Lehigh, I mean – He's better than a lot of guys that have ever come out of top programs. So it's just interesting to me when you look back and see, I mean, like, John Morant going to Murray State or whatever it was. Wasn't that where he went? Yeah. You know, some of these guys get to these, get to these, uh, and even, even guys like, I don't know, like Fred Van Vliet that much, right? But, but I mean, Dave Willard. Yeah. I mean, these guys are great players. Wichita State, and Portland, and all the, I mean, like, it's interesting to look back and see where some of these guys go. And to me, as a guy, I'm literally sitting here watching preseason NBA. Cause like the older I get, I don't know what it is about pre- the NBA, but I just get sucked in and I love this shit. And it's amazing that like, if you really go look at the blue blood programs and Carolina included in that, we've got great players, but you take MJ and like James Worthy out, you take out, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of like some Duke guys. But even those guys, like if you really look at the stars, like the championship caliber, like long term, like stars, very few of them come from like a, a, a recognizable program. I mean, sure. Like, look, Anthony Davis, Kentucky, you got got, um, you know, you say Zion. OK, fine. You got. But but like LeBron, Giannis. I mean, Kevin Durant went to Texas. Even that's sort of like obscure a little bit. Steve Nash,
1: Santa Clara, two-time regular season MVP.
0: Yeah, dude. You look at all the guys like Jokic. And I get that there's some foreign element now, right, that didn't used to be there. But it's fascinating to me, right, that like the great college programs perennially put out great NBA talent. But if you look at, the generational stars in the NBA. I just think in general, rarely do they come from um,
1: a program. Who would you say generational stars in the – just give me like your list of five. Let yeah. me give you five. All right. So Kevin
0: Durant, LeBron James, Steph Curry, uh, Giannis, and say – um, yeah yeah I I would or like Luca or Jokic yeah. yeah. And, and and Jokic is 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 a generational talent. But I almost mean like I don't know his skill, even me dude. I mean his skill is just so disrespected and diminished because he's not flashy. But yeah, absolutely. Um and, and even even Steph, I just even naming him out loud and and and, and Clay Thompson and some of these guys that are great. Um, but yeah, I would I would consider those guys like you're next up. I think I think the one guy that comes to mind immediately as a potential the guy that still hasn't become a superstar that I think has that potential is Jason Tatum. And of course he went to I hate to say it. And it's weird too for me how once they cross over the Rainbow Bridge into um you know what the Rainbow Bridge is? You didn't laugh, so I figure you may not. That's when that's what they say with dogs cross over when they die. Um, So all dogs go to heaven. And this is it was a deeper joke, and they don't all land. And I can tell this one. <laughs> the audience is probably like, "All right, bro, it's time <laughs> time's up on, <laughs> on the fucking whatever the hell he's talking about." Anyhow, uh, you know when guys cross over, they go from Duke to the NBA. It's like they're a lot less. Unlikable most of the time. A Grayson is still an asshole, but most of those guys, you you you, you kind of like, all right, man, whatever, it's, mm-hmm. it's done and over no with. But I think he's the one guy that really comes to mind for me. That, and I think there's a few guys. Uh, there's some someone I was thinking of the other day that went to Kentucky. Oh, it's shy, uh, Gr- Gregorius Alexander. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah um like <laughs> that guy's good
1: mm-hmm. that guy's got the
0: potential to be really good he's got the potential to be MVP this year um you know so um you know maybe that's changing I don't know maybe it was a little different before I mean obviously you know you got Jordan and Worthy and some of those guys and, and even Grant Hill I think people forget how good Grant Hill was and guys like Stackhouse and Carter and and probably a bunch of Kentucky Rasheed guys, Wallace. and I'm not naming Rasheed Wallace, and you know, those guys were like all-stars, perennial, like all-star, all-stars. Um, it just seems now, and an international peace has a lot to do with that, I think. But it just seems like now, man, it's like you come to these programs and you're the guy, and everybody thinks you're gonna be the guy. Zion is the perfect example to me you know everybody's just like anointed him is like and, and granted like how do you look at zion not think that i get it but he had not been period like the only reason he's getting the chances he's getting is because of how freak athletic freak, freakishly athletic he is
1: yeah and uh you know the the temperature on zion with a lot of people it's been it's been up and down like he's you know He's had some good times, and uh, you know, obviously, he hasn't handled himself. I mean, I, th- I think he could probably lose a little bit of weight. Just to be mm-hmm. honest, I mean, his body—he's mm-hmm. so explosive and athletic. I'm not sure his joints and his bodies re- can take that size. I mean, he's a big dude, um, but you know, they say but, he
0: looks good this year. But I, you know, they always say that.
1: You think you'd learn your lesson after you know the years prior, you know, being injured pretty much your whole time in the NBA. Mm-hmm. He's got kind of that Charles Barkley body but Charles Barkley was not explosive like Zion and uh, he couldn't really, you know, move. And so I think that kind of, you know, saved him, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. It it is a good point that you bring that up talking about generational uh, players, you know, not coming from the blue bloods per se. Uh, But uh, you know, it made me think and I'm like, man, that is crazy because you bring up a great point and it makes me think that maybe the game has evolved and is more worldwide than it's ever been. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you look back, you know, in the 80s, in the 90s, you might not have had many, uh, you know, European players coming over and having the impact that they are now uh, because the game has really evolved. And I will say, I think the game has taken a step back in the U.S. And I think the reason I say that is because, There's so much attention paid to scoring that Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the players, a lot of the European players, they're much better passers. You can look at Mm -hmm. Jokic, unbelievable Mm -hmm. passer. You can Mm -hmm. look at Luka, really good Mm -hmm. passer, really good distributor, has great talent, uh, great skills. And maybe they're more skilled because they're putting more of an emphasis on the team play versus here where you look Mm -hmm. at the AAU ball and uh, where these kids – Aren't really developing the skill uh, at an early age. All they're doing is playing pickup games. And uh, I'm not really sure if that's hurt the game or helped the game, uh, but uh, it is definitely more worldwide. And you're right. You know, the thought of, you know, you, traditionally you would think like a blue blood or, you know, this is where the generational talent comes, but it, it's not actually true.
0: Like just imagine if a guy like Jokic or Luka Doncic played at Carolina. Right, like I mean, I think that that's what. Um, you're right. I think in the NBA, um, what I mean by that is like there's a buy-in to team basketball in the international game, and I think the I think the reality of it is 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 there's less of a buy-in in America at early stages. Probably even if you look more broadly in college. Because of the money, right like you can make a lot of money in America playing basketball right from an early age and um, there is a huge amount of i mean basketball in America is basketball and football, and they're decidedly different right like you, sure there's some crossover there but but most of the time if you're you're six eight you're gonna play basketball if you're six three and two hundred twenty five pounds you're probably gonna play football right. But uh, I would imagine that in Europe and some of these other countries where it's more like, hey, you're either going to play first and foremost, you're probably going to play soccer. And second of all, like hockey is kind of a big thing and probably some other stuff, you know. And my my point is, is that I think that there is a larger pool of younger people specifically focused on dwindling amount of spots in the american sort of farm system of basketball youth all the way up as such right you have to stand out and how do you stand out well you got to score yeah and i think that's that's probably um my very novice opinion of maybe why you see things uh kind of going on the way that they're going where. Uh yeah, the game is evolving and the game's a lot more flashy and the game is a lot more uh pop culture and that stuff sort of bleeding in. But you see that bleed in a lot in America and you see these guys come in from other countries, even Giannis. These guys are just blue collar, man. I mean, they come in and uh, you know, you can tell that they're, <laughs> you know, this is a means to this is like out of necessity for them, I think, more than than some of these kids coming up. Um in the U.S., I don't know. It's just fascinating, man. I, I think that there's like basketball is a really interesting conversation, you know, from college all the way up through the NBA, and 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 like there are so many storylines in the NBA now. I think the fun part about the NBA is so much parity. Like with the NBA, with the globalization, like there's a lot of good team. Anybody, I mean, you ask who's going to win the, uh, the championship this year, do you get ten answers and justify every single one of them? And I mean, unless you just like watching the same team win over and over again. I mean, even the bad teams, even the teams, even teams that probably are not going to make the playoffs are very fun to watch. I watch the Spurs. I, I, I'm going off and rambling here, but I'm glad I rambled myself into something that I meant to say to <laughs> Ellington out there somewhere. <laughs> Dude, I watched Wemben play the other night. And I was like, dude, this guy's going to make me look like a clown. I don't know if you watched that oh, game. Oh, dude, I, guy, I watched him play. He's It's, it's crazy. Holy shit, man. I sat here and I was like, dude, he's going to be a bust. And again, to, to you know, my own defense, it wasn't like he's going to bust and he's not going to be any good. It was just like the hype is too much for him to ever realistically to bank on living up to it, kind of like the way LeBron did. I watched that game the other night. And I almost said, I almost sent Wayne a DM on Instagram and just was like, yo, bro, I'm sorry. Like, you're just absolutely right here. I mean, one game, I get it. Preseason, I get it. But dude, that guy is a different story. Um, I'll <laughs> someday, someday somebody's going to dig that up and be like, man, roast this dude for this take. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. He's good. And, and the, the Spurs aren't going to be very good. They're just not going to be good, and if they're on TV, they're going to be fun to watch. Oklahoma City probably going to be in. The, I here's my bet. I bet Oklahoma City probably finishes in the top six in the conference, makes playoffs. Now they're going to. They can't get anybody hurt because they don't have a ton of depth, but they got some great players on their team.
1: Their organization's very well ran, and they have a great GM. Uh, they do very well with their picks, and. uh I wouldn't be surprised at that at all. And uh I watched Wimbiamba play the other day. If you guys haven't seen this kid play, man, you've gotta watch him. He's Turn un- the T V on. Yeah, he's unlike I don't think there's been a player like him ever in the NBA with his style and his size and his length. Um not with this talent and in the way he moves. It's it is pretty fast. Fashion- you know, it's it's crazy to watch and he's gonna be a heck of a player. I do worry about the Spurs having to play him at the center position, having, you know, him guard guys like uh, Embiid, Giannis, and really taking a beat down his first year. That first year can be tough uh, because you're playing against, you know, guys that have strength, size, and athleticism, and your body could take a toll. I I would like to see uh, the Spurs get a big that can – a defender and uh, that would uh, take a lot of pressure off uh, Wimbiamba from having to guard – you know, the, uh, the centers, uh, cause he doesn't have the strength of the, like, he's not, he's not built. He's a skinny, long athletic player, even though he is like seven, four, uh, he doesn't have the muscle or the strength to really bang and withstand all those blows. And it can take a toll on your body and it's not worth it. If you're, you know, the Spurs organization, you need, you need him here in two, three years to build a championship team around.
0: I just went to Google. This is how big this guy is in pop culture right now. I just went to Google to see how much he weighs. I typed in V I C T and Google says Victoria's Secret, Victoria Beckham, Victoria Wembanyama. I mean, like, dude, that's pretty, pretty tall uh company there. Seven four. Oh. Now uh now Google's Talking to me, I'm trying to figure out how much he weighs because I thought it was very slight. Dude, 210. <laughs> Bro. Yeah, dude, that's 210. <laughs> <laughs> the time of my life where I think I was probably close to 210 and I'm 5'10. <laughs> I mean, 7'4",
1: 210. Like, what do you yeah.
0: think Yao weighed? Yao is a
1: massive dude. I mean, I would not be surprised if Yao weighed 330. <laughs> y- Yao, but Yao, like, y- Yao's much different than... Like, yeah, his legs totally. were tree trunks. And even though the weight on Yao may be, like, 280, 290, I would still say that's not accurate. I would say, like, do we ever really think Shaq was under 300 pounds? Mm-mm. No. No God. chance. You No chance. Guys, I'm 260 right now. I don't, like, I'm. You don't look too, I mean, you don't. That's I, what I'm like, saying. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: mm-hmm. so 210, dude. And, and this kid's almost a foot, What what is he, six, eight inches taller than you? Um, yeah. And that's the thing, and the, probably the most impressive thing I saw him do. Like the thing that really just made me, like, w- I was mesmerized by, was was on one play. Like they just toss him the ball from the you know made basket, and they give him the ball. He dribbles it up the court like a point guard. Yeah, and and his his body, the way he just dribbles the ball up the court for a regular possession, it, I was struck by how it did not look in the least bit awkward. Yeah. I mean here's a guy 7 foot 4 just dribbling the ball at the court like every other dude you've ever seen dribble ball. So I mean he's going to be fun to watch um you know we're supposed to cover some football games and we wind up getting off on this dude but um anyway uh I'll,
1: I'll just say right now since you brought up football I really hope Christian McCaffrey is not injured too bad. I know he took that Oh home. my god. And that that kicker for the 49ers Needs to be fired. He's a rookie. Yeah, came in. Got to make that kick, buddy. You got to make that kick. Okay. <laughs> got to make the kick. Uh, yeah. it, but my fantasy league looms on the outcome of Christian McCaffrey and how bad this oblique injury is. God bless him. I hope he's good. And the whole—did you see um, what's his face? Uh, who's the old tight end for the Panthers? Greg what?
0: Greg Olson.
1: Did you see that hug he gave McCaffrey before the game?
0: I did not. Uh-huh. Guys, if anybody little, else saw that hug, heavy? that
1: was just a little too much sauce for me. I mean, I thought uh <laughs> I thought he was going to cry and Christian was like, "Hey man, good uh, seeing you." And hugged him uh, real yeah. quick, but Greg Greg <laughs> he he hung on there a little bit too long. Uh <laughs> man, I'll send it to you after this sleep so you, I want to break uh, it down. I
0: my damn um man, I, the, today's game put a dent in my Brock Purdy rookie card. I, I got a feeling that thing might have a little. I mean, it was at one point I turned it on in the second half. I think it was in the fourth quarter. He had one yard passing in the second half. I also picked him on prize picks to go over 207. And my man never had a chance at 207. I don't know if he drove 207 yards to the game, much less down the field. Uh, it was brutal. So, uh anyway, I don't give a shit about 49ers other than, you know, fantasy. I got McCaffrey, too. He went down. I got Trevor Lawrence. He went down. <laughs> so there's a lot of injuries today, guys. Dude, I woke up. I was like, oh man, I'm crushing it. Next thing I know. I'm, I don't know if I'm gonna hang on or not. Um did uh, did Saquon Barkley start?
1: I hope not. I got his backup in.
0: Uh, well, I got him in. So and I got his backup on the bench. Hang on, one his second. his backup's Come been here.
1: just horrendous.
0: Oh yeah. I mean the Giants, there's a there's a real they're up 3 0 right now in the first quarter. On the, Man, oh, he's playing. Oh, uh, look at Saquon. Here's, here's uh, oh, man, he is just going off right now. 10 carries, 14 yards. Oh, God. 1.4 yards a carry for those of you counting at home. He does have a catch for two. The Giants are atrocious, man.
1: Oh, God.
0: They're awful. Lord of mercy. Uh, they paid oh, everybody and they just suck. Damn, Daniel Jones, man, that guy. They need to put him in. They need to put him in jail for grand theft. It gave him like eighty. It gave him a lot of money. Um, it's called a hold up. Good lord. Um, Washington won. Sam Howell threw t- three touchdowns. Looked great. they beat Atlanta. Um, also, prize picks need their field goal kicker to make two field goals. And Arthur, who's a – Head coach over there, also a Tar Heel, just kept going for it, and I was just like, "But can you just put one through the uprights for me here, Jesus. so I can cash offer. in that forty percent?" So uh, that one didn't hit either. Uh, Jets beat the Eagles first time in history. I didn't. I mean, like, how can that still be happening?
1: Uh, Jets are I didn't realize that. You know, I, mean, uh, I know they, the they don't play part? every year,
0: but damn, shit. Uh, also, one of the biggest upsets of the, in a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were plus nine and a half, dog. Uh, took it down the Browns without Deshaun Watson. As some dude, I couldn't t- if you paid me Walker. if you I was getting ready to tell you if you give me a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> and tell you that guy's name was, I couldn't tell you right now. Um, they beat uh the 49ers, so you know, there's gonna be some upheaval. Um, in in uh, sleep, do you I believe mean, yeah. in the Browns? No. Dude, come on in. It's the best terrible.
1: defense in football, maybe.
0: They are good. I mean, listen, the defense is good. I just – it's the Browns, bro. Do
1: you think Deshaun Watson – do you think he'll come back this year and be like a decent player?
0: Yeah, what happened to him? I do not been paying attention.
1: He got he paid. Got he got paid. Oh, yeah, he got paid a lot. He got paid, and he's just been – That's right, that kind of bad. Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah. well, look, man, if I was making $234 million guaranteed, I'm just saying, man, I don't know <laughs> if you get my best don't. effort day in and day out. But uh, <laughs> I'll be honest, man. It's been a couple days where I'm like, man, I got a lot of money. Oh. And, uh, I'm pretty okay with uh, you know sleeping in. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the funny, the other funny thing I want to say about basketball is I was watching preseason. I'm watching the uh, Lakers are playing Milwaukee. First taste a little Dame and Giannis. It's funny how they put these marquee matchups together in preseason. But the other day I'm watching and uh, and LeBron plays in the first half, and a lot of these guys, right, like. I mean, look, you don't expect him to play in the second half. But not only does he not play in the second half, but he shows up on the end of the bench in the second half dressed in a sweatsuit, like like a like he done got in, got a shower, changed his clothes, and is sitting on the end of the bench eating eating food. It's absolutely what happened. He don't give a shit about anything. Which is I mean, dude, he'd been in the league twenty one years. And uh they were also in that game talking about how he had um all the other guys that had played in there 20th season or later, and like the most any of them had ever averaged in a season was like seven points a game. LeBron averaged twenty nine. I mean, he's still like top ten player in the league. And this dude is <laughs> yeah. he's he's spray painting gray hairs off his beard right now, is what he's doing. It's about um, to be thirty
1: nine, right? Thirty eight going on thirty nine.
0: Yeah, because I'll be forty and he he's born three days after me. So, um He's a year younger than me, basically. He'll be 39. Um, if I tried to run a fast break right now, my, lung, <laughs> my lungs would collapse. And <laughs> this dude, you know, could very well win an NBA championship. Very interesting, isn't it? A little taller than me. Uh, yeah. But anyway. All right, man. Well, the heels are looking good. Uh basketball's around the corner. Uh, we got we're getting right back into it. We got we got we got Virginia coming up. Um just hope our you know, hope we can stay focused, man. You got anything else, big off? Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay safe.